Hello and welcome to another episode of On The Topic. I am strangely missing my mask and my uh, my rocket boots, I'm Alex. And he has just stolen my intro. I'm Dan. No, did, did I? <laughs> yeah. My bad. Amazing. My bad. We don't Great talk. Minds. We don't. We don't talk clearly, listener. Um, <laughs> and yes, and welcome to our uh, our film review of Gardens of the Galaxy Volume Three. It's going to be a good. One. It is because, of course, we um we've had the uh, the on the go, so we already gave our pre thoughts, mm. watched it, and in our non spoilerific review, which is getting back, harder. It really is. When we do the on-the-go episodes, you're almost... Because we try to do it spoiler-free, you don't really want to give too much away. No. If to anything. I think you run out of adjectives and... Yeah, yeah. But, um... This episode's obviously a little bit different because there's going to be spoilers all the way through it. So I think, Dan, that I can mean only one, one of two things. We're dusting off the spoiler klaxon. Or we're going to upset some people, but it's probably going to be the first one. Well, you know, if they don't, if not listen to the spoiler klaxon, it's their own fault. That's your own fault. If you're if you're still here after that klaxon rings, listener, it's on you. It is. Let's have a listen. There we go. You've been warned. It's on. But um, before we get into the um the uh, the nitty gritty and we give the breakdown and the Easter eggs and how it's performing and uh, reviews because that's usually how we. We progress. Um, what's been up to you, Dan, since we've last... It's only been on? a week. It has. We've we been did, quite spoiled. Yeah, we did our birthday episode. It's a good one. Go listen to it. It's about two hours of ridiculous questions. Some of them are good. Some of them are bad. Some of them are ugly. That, yeah. Some of them are intriguing. Very much so. We had everything, didn't we? Slamming we did. doors, beeping alarms, sniffing dogs. We weren't <laughs> sniffing dogs, listener. Uh, there was dogs sniffing around us. Um co-workers enjoying the outside yeah it was lovely it was a really nice evening it was beautiful so go check that episode out it's a good one um, actually what I was going to say was Dan actually very quickly um, I've also put on a poll on our WordPress yeah about crisps I was doing a bit of AMSR and crunching away it was a very fine triple cooked crisps of some description yeah kettle chip-esque S- sweet chilli they were lovely very good. But they're nothing like the, the, the ham and mustard delights, mm. which are my favourites. So if you don't know what we're talking about, go over to our WordPress. We'll give the contact details at the uh, at the end of the show, but how to contact us and where to go to our WordPress and go have a look at our bonus content that's on yeah. there. But, um, but yeah, sorry. What have you been up to? Uh, had a couple of pints, didn't we? <clears throat> so I woke up on Friday. Maybe this is an age thing. Oh. i didn't feel hungover. That's not the right word, but I felt a bit gripey. Gripey? Mm. Usually when someone says a gripe, they've got some complaints, some description. Did you have some complaints? Well, I just felt a bit, I don't know, not hungover, just a bit like... Out of sorts? Oof, yeah. Oh, right. Felt like I'd had a heavy night, Oh. but without the headache. Because you had a couple of bites. Yeah. But then you did have some um, some high percentages, didn't you? Uh, only five. Only five percent. Only? Yeah. Wow. Hey, it's fine. Um, watched the penultimate episode of season three of Ted Lasso this week. Okay. Um, it's definitely giving a hint to the direction they might go if there is ever a season four. But what unconfirmed at the time of the recording? Unconfirmed. Okay. Very good episode, though. Um, definitely made me nearly cry a few times. 
Was you not hard up with acetate over the years? No, apparently not. And I took my cat Quill to the vets today. Mm-hmm. That wasn't very fun. He, we, we now have trust issues. And of course, if you've uh, never heard me talk about my cat Quill before, he's named after the famous Star Lord, the yeah. legendary Star Lord, Peter Quill. Indeed. He's a bit of an idiot like him anyway, so. Oh dear. But is he on the mend? He's okay. It was just an annual checkup, okay. a couple of jabs, and uh, you know, he's all healthy. He's all good. Good. We don't want him getting sick, but obviously he doesn't understand that we're doing it for his benefit, uh, and he doesn't like us very much at the moment. No, after what he you did okay. to him, which we don't have to divulge, I wouldn't be too happy with you either. It wasn't me. It was the vet. I was all for had a good medical practice. <laughs> I just want to. I want to make sure we don't get any complaints from any petter fans or, or otherwise. Look, if you have to hold your cat down while the vet sticks a thermometer up, it's bum. Well, I did say we didn't have to talk about it, but you just went there. <laughs> but yes. Um, so it wasn't me. No. It was the vet. No. Um, blame it on the vet. But all, all for good all, reason. All for good reason. What about you, Alex? What have you been up to? Uh, not sticking things up cats' bums. That's for <laughs> sure. <laughs> those, those be tea, By the way, listen, we are in the same room. Uh, I've got this lovely room redecorated. Uh, hopefully it's better sound effects. And I don't want tea on the walls because they're recently painted white. Or over you. I'm fine with me, just not my lovely white walls. No. Um, yeah, not, nothing to do with cats. Um, not an awful lot, Dan. Just... Um, we usually have busy weeks anyway, what with family shenanigans. So yeah. Just getting ready for uh, for holiday. So when you guys hopefully listen to this, and if I edit it properly and schedule it correctly, and Dan does the social media properly. Oh, always. In which case then it will be, at the time of recording, I'll be hopefully in Madrid enjoying some sangrias. Mm, lovely. It should be beautiful. And it should be a bit worrying because we actually go live, don't we, at nine o'clock in the morning on a Friday. But yeah. I'm sure it's... Um, Five o'clock somewhere. Pending on how quickly... Oh, he's yeah, he drops right. his iPad. On the red wine. So you say, pending on the uh, distribution by Anchor. Sometimes a little bit delayed on your favourite mm. podcast platform. But it's okay. We're always going to be there eventually. You'll get there eventually. Um, but yeah, just uh, just getting ready for Spain. So yeah, looking forward to it. Sounds like you're in for a good time. Hopefully. I'll be practising my ollas, my... Um, Poor favors. Uh Cerveza. What's that? Beer. Is it? That's the important one, yeah. Cerveza. Cerveza. Poor favor. Mm. Una. Una cerve. Is it Una? Yeah. Una cerveza. Poor favor. Exactly. But you can't just have one. Do du- do du- oh, No, that's know. Italian. I wasn't very good at Spanish. I never took Spanish lessons. No. I did French. I got a C. I, I don't know how. Did a little bit of German as well up until GCSEs. Same. Stayed up and then I went back to French. Found it was the easier of the two. Mm. In my opinion. But hey, shout out to both our French and German lessons because we have them. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Hello, bonjour, guten tag. There you Wherever go. you are. Perfect. So enough about languages. Um, let's get into the episode, shall we? Let's do Guardians it. of the Galaxy Volume 3. Was this going to be our saviour of Phase 5? Because we went into, um, I certainly went into this film, and I've been very honest since Guns of the Galaxy Volume 2, and the lead up to this one, quite disappointed in the franchise. Mm. Guns of the Galaxy Volume 1 was great, brilliant, unique, and in its own right, a fantastic film. Guns of the Galaxy Volume 2 was a pile of crap, a steaming yeah. pile of turd. I didn't enjoy it, the jokes weren't particularly funny. 
and sort of storyline which is very weak I think Ego was a bit of a poor villain in my opinion yeah I mean look if you're going to continue with the whole kind of family com- complexity and I hate my dad thing it's got to be more than just what that was mm. and, and I guess the question is it's already been kind of been done in Star Wars so where have you got to go if your dad's not the big bad and it's the big reveal kind of already been done yeah so I was a bit disappointed in that one um, so uh, yeah I wasn't overly excited about venturing into the third outing however this one I think has saved phase 5 and proves I think to Kevin Feige that people haven't got Marvel fatigue they just they're not willing to put up with lacklustre films and I think sadly that's what we've seen for the last probably Mm. what two or three years I mean phase 4 has its ups and downs I mean there are some phenomenal things on phase 4 in my opinion but sometimes the quality lacks because there's too much quantity yes for sure and I think Guardians proves that if you go for quality over quantity actually you're going to get something very good something very special and we did get some feedback from from our listeners oh perfect so uh, we'll talk about those at the end good okay so um the stars Chris Pratt, <clears throat> Zoe Saldana, Dave Batista, Karen Gillan, Pom Clementieff, Vin Diesel, Bradley Cooper, Will Poulter, 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 Sean Gunn. Anyone I haven't added? Uh, Chigwudi Iwuji. Oh, is he, um, Again, here we are mincing people's names, so uh, going to get cancelled soon. Is that the High Evolutionary? Yes. Ah, he's a fantastic actor, he's so good. Uh, Linda Cardellini as Lila. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> uh, you got Nathan Fillion as Master Kaja, who was the um, security guard guy, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, Sylvester Stallone as an honourable mention. He was. And Elizabeth Debicki as Aisha, ah. the the gold woman. Yes. Uh, if you haven't seen it yet, well, if you have seen it and you weren't even aware of it, it's now uh, one hundred and fifty minutes long. Brilliant. Budget two hundred fifty million. It was, and currently, I had to update my notes when we were downstairs, Alex. Um, it had gone up at the time of me writing my notes. It is currently raked in six hundred sixty-seven point seven million dollars. That is insane. And we were marking off air, actually, off recording, that that is already surpassed Ant Man, Quantumania. Hmm. So I think that was nestling around the four hundred mark when we were we were doing our review. So it probably took in maybe another eighty million or so, but. No way has it got anywhere like this, and that's is that worldwide. That's not that's not domestic. Yeah. Uh, worldwide, yeah. Also, it's got a world record. Has it? It has. Uh, so, fun fact: with over twenty-two thousand five hundred pieces of prophetics, facial hair pieces, and wigs, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three snatched the world record away from two thousands live action. How the Grinch stole Christmas. Oh, so <clears throat> twenty-two thousand five hundred pieces of prophetics. That's okay. insane, and you can you can see it when in the, in the film it just it kind of brings the film more to life. I don't know about you, Dan, but I get a little bit. There is a disconnect with all the CGI, and I know that you know you look at the Mandalorian, which is great, great direction, um, great storyline, but you kind of feel aloof from mm. from the the story. Whereas I think in Guardians, 
because they're there, they're phys- there's a physicality, and you can see them in the proximity of the other characters. It's not all green screen. You do kind of feel like it's, I don't know, more more of an engaging thing to watch. I'm not sure yeah. if this is making any sense. I'm just rambling. Probably the latter, but it does it does make for a better film. Oh yeah, definitely. I think personally, it's like Jurassic Park, isn't it? And we've talked about it where the dinosaurs were, you know, sort of puppets. Yeah, yeah essentially, yeah. it holds up so much better than something that's made by CGI. No, I agree. Have you ever watched the? Uh, did you ever watch the nineteen ninety five film of Power Rangers? Uh yeah. If you watch it now, that CGI is absolutely honking. Mm. It's terrible. It's really bad. I don't think I'm inclined to. Yeah, don't bother. Don't don't revisit it. <clears throat> Ivan Ooze is particularly think, a bad villain. So. I seem to recall then, was it a bad film or is it? I mean, I was looking at it 1995 was, Alex's eyes then. It was quite a good film. So I was 10. But the CGI is just so bad, you know, mm. when the Zords come together and it just looks, yeah, mm. really computerised. It doesn't look real. There you go. Got it from Dan. When did you yeah. watch it? Well, recently? No, it was just something that sort of came to my memory. Oh. Must have watched it sort of in recent years to remember that. But okay. Yeah. Uh, also, it was re- this film, we're going back to Guardians Galaxy. Yes. Directed and written by James Gunn. Uh, Gunn confirmed in September 2019 that he intended Volume 3 to be his last Guardians film, which he later reaffirmed in 2021. So, well, of course, between <clears throat> those statements, we had a little bit of. Um, some problems. He got them. fired for some statements he made many, many years ago <laughs> on, uh, I think it was Twitter, wasn't it? Yeah. And uh, of course, what happens on the internet stays on the internet. It does. But most it's a of lesson the, learned. Most of the cast nearly walked out, uh, and I believe this isn't in my notes, but I, mo- I recall as I was sort of doing my research for this, Bradley Cooper got offered the the job to direct it, oh. and he turned it down. He said, "I just couldn't imagine directing another person's film." Yeah. Which is understandable. No, he is. Um, but he came yeah, back. He came back. And now he's off to DC <clears throat> to reboot things and have a good time. Basically be Kevin Feige. Yeah. But he's, he's co-executive producer, isn't he? Yeah. I can't remember the other chap's name. But yeah, he's basically re, uh, revamping all. Mm. Which needs, uh, needs it. But I'm looking forward to The Flash in a couple of weeks' time. It does look quite good. The last fast. trailer has dropped and it looks like a ding-dang delight to use a, yeah. a Dan term. Looks very good. Also, this is the 32nd film in the MCU. That is bonkers. Can you believe it? Yeah, I can. And I think we've reviewed most of them since Infinity War. It's beautiful. We should probably get into the plot. Let's do it. So this is where it's going to get spoilerific. So if you've, if you're still here, if you're still listening... This is on you. You've had the spoiler clacks and we're not going to ring it again. We're just going to dive in. Here we go. So at their new headquarters of nowhere, the Guardians of the Galaxy are attacked by Adam Warlock, a sovereign warrior created by the High Priestess Aisha. And of course we saw a little bit of him at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Yeah, he was in like a cocoon. At the post credit scene. Wasn't yeah. It? yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Teased. Um, Adam comes in, he overpowers them and critically wounds Rocket. And he is stabbed by Nebula and forced to flee. Now, I want to say this this is a really. <clears throat> it's a somber start to the film. But it's almost like taken like in one take, isn't it? As yeah. 
<clears throat> you're you're taken through nowhere, and you're seeing each of the characters going about their daily business, and they're all doing different things. And Rocket's already slipped into that leadership role. Uh, Quill's not even having a good good time, is he's he? He's just in the bar. He's absolutely steaming, and but, of course he's helped to bed by Nebula, which is. And I will come to the end when I speak about this, but for me, that's such a big thing to see Nebula doing that. Mm. And that character's come such a far, such a long way in what is what, four or five films? Arguably one of the best character arcs we've had. In a long, long time. In a long time. Um, and the music's great. And it'll, it'll, I mean, it's, it's going to be with a, a, a Guardians film, but I think it's such a unique start to the film. And then, yeah, it basically all goes a bit batshit it does because he's flying through space and suddenly boom people are getting ripped to shreds people are running to get guns there's health packs being thrown around but uh, poor Rocket he needs a bit of TLC he looks like he's going to cark it and this is the only thing I appreciate I keep going for segways I need to shut up but what I will say here is I think the marketing for this film was absolutely on point mm. because from the very beginning we all think that Rocket this is it this is we know it's Rocket's story he's had a very sad story but we almost they, they didn't say it but they almost said guys you you better get a tissue ready because this guy yeah. he's not going to be sticking around it's a bit of a red herring I think I mean, again we, well played though yeah very totally. well played I mean I, th- I did sort of look at the trailers especially when the first one dropped I thought no it's too obvious but someone's got to die and we sort of theorise walking out of cinema who could possibly die yeah. and do you know what no one does which is the biggest curveball James Gunn could have ever thrown us but it, but it was perfect and I don't feel mm. cheated No, I just think that was perfect marketing and really good storytelling to be able to kind of pull the rug, rug from under us and we're still standing Yeah, and that's, that's the key there and I think they've done such an amazing job because everyone went in there going this is Rocket's story. It's the end of of the story tale, mm. and he's the real protagonist. Yeah, I can hear Paul's Cathedral in the background. Hopefully, you can hear that, guys. Oh, the window open. The sun is shining. Got some birds in the background. It's, it's a lovely no day. seagulls. Where are they? At? Uh, one will plonk itself on the roof opposite, and it will start barking. Barking. It's a yeah. shithawk. Uh, so the Guardians are una- unable to tend to Rocket's wounds no. due to a kill switch made by the company Augur Corp embedded in him. They travel to Augur Corp's headquarters to find the override code. It's an ugly looking place, isn't it? Cause it's all it's like, horrible. It's a living entity, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, um, it's like a massive set of intestines or something. It's, it's quite gross. It is. Genuinely quite disturbing. Pulsating, moving... Flesh-coloured, floating mm. city made out of organic matter, and it's yeah, it's quite disgusting. This is where it starts to pull on the heartstrings. So, as Rocket is lying unconscious, he recalls his past. Mm. Now, as a baby raccoon, he was experimented on by the High Evolutionary, uh, a scientist who sought to enhance and anthropom. <laughs> Shit, the bed. <laughs> Why did I put this word in my notes? <clears throat> Anthropo- anthropomorphize. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Uh, you, you did better than I did. Yeah, well, still not so much. Yeah, so just enhancing animal life forms to create a counter-Earth. So almost um, 
hopefully somewhere better than our Earth. Well, that was the plan, wasn't it? It was a facsimile of um, planet Earth, so the high evolutionary had visited, taken some species of animals and started to splice them and, and hopefully make a uh, a perfect society, at least that was the plan. Mm. I've got some notes now at the end. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting concept. Yeah. So in this flashback, we see Rocket befriending the high evolutionary's other test subjects. An otter called Ly- Lila, a walrus called Teefs, and the rabbit Floor, who decided it was going to call itself Floor because they were laying on a floor. Makes sense. Hmm. The high evolutionary was impressed by Rocket's intelligence, but furious that it exceeded his own. So I think he was doing all these different um, sort of experiments, wasn't he? he was, yes. He basically had the animals in a chamber eventually, and he was putting this gas into them, and they would suddenly like just grow into transforming, wasn't it? Angry beasts. But that was a problem because uh, apparently in this process, um, it was making these anthropomorphic animals, so human-looking or at least not on on their their four legs and arms. Um, but they'd become angry yeah and he was theorising how to, to sort that and then Rocket suddenly tells him how to fix it it's like you need to use less of this in his baby voice because obviously he's a young a young Rocket and sure enough he fixes it of course that it upsets does. the high evolutionary it does so he perfects experiments with Rocket's device but ordered Rocket's brain to be extracted but. and his friend to be incinerated <clears throat> but yeah Rocket frees Lila, only for the high evolutionary to kill her. He basically just shoots her through the chest. Yeah. It's horrible. It's quite brutal. It's genuinely quite a horrific, sad moment. All I'll say is, and I agree, when he's, um, <clears throat> I think when he's he's opened his cage, he notes the, the, the name of the species on there, mm. and it says raccoon. Yeah. Um, and obviously that's a nod to him saying that he doesn't know what a raccoon is, or... He's been called a frickin' rabbit for yeah. most of the uh, MCU saga. Uh, fun fact, though, Lila actually appears in Guardians 1, kind of. So you know when they're all in the lineup. Oh, yeah. It's got aliases, mm. not aliases like um, people they were like friends with, and Lila is named as one of his accomplices. accomplices. That's it. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, a little nod back there. Well done, James Gunn. Yeah. It's the little things, right? Uh, Rocket mauls the high evolutionary uh, and shot his guards but Teefs and Floor were killed in the chaos brown bread and that's it and a poor lone Rocket has to steal a spaceship and flees which is a a really tense scene I mean you know how it's going to end up because of course we've seen him many years after that that scene but he's being shot at he's bouncing around Mm. And he's using his intelligence to basically fly a rocket that he's never seen before. I think through my notes, that whole section is sort of put sporadically through the film, isn't it? Yes, it, it is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas that's just like a one-shot, bam, we it's, talk about the rest of the film. Yeah, it's great. Uh, in the present, uh, the alternate version of Gamora. So if you missed a trick here, listener, if you're one of these people out there going, well, how is Gamora still alive? Well, guess what? She came back from 2014... Into the future in Endgame, and ran, and because she was a good person, she didn't get snapped by Tony's snap of the finger, and that's why she's still here. 
Hang on, because she's a good person, she didn't get. She essentially didn't fight in the war with Thanos, did she? She um, helped Nebula. Oh. Oh, I see. Yeah. Mm. Okay. That makes sense. Yes, because. Okay, the penny's dropping. Because Thanos pulled in that version of Gamora yeah. to help, but she ends up not doing so. But when the re-snapping happens, not just returns everyone else, the whole army ends up becoming dust. Makes sense. Yeah. Ah. And that's why she's still here. Because I've seen on social media people going, oh, but why is Gamora still around? Well, that's why. Because she did not partake in that genocide. No. Uh, did I mention she's joined the Ravagers yes. and helps the Guardians infiltrate Orgacorp. They retrieve Rocket's file but discover that the code has been removed. Uh, the group speculates that Thiel, one of the High Evolutionary Advisors, has it and they depart for Counter-Earth. Now this is another scene where I thought someone was going to die. Yes. Because obviously as they're trying to escape they have a bust up of all the um, people in there. And Drax gets shot twice. And one of them's to the chest. And I thought, oh shit, this is it. Yeah. Big Dave's gone. Because he was one of the people that I theorised would die. But no, he's fine. He got out of it. He's alive. He did, he survived. Um, and I think that's where, again, the marketing's so good. Actually, every twist and turn, you're like, is this it? Is this it? Yeah. Because they've all said they're done. <clears throat> Saldana said she's done. Um, I wanted to... Uh, just talk about Thiel for a sec, because you know, you know who plays Thiel. Is not the guy who plays Ned, is it? Not in Ned. Spider-Man. No. Uh, no. So he looks a little bit like him. Uh, this guy is in um, Superstore. Oh shit! Uh-huh. Yes, Mateo. Yeah. I didn't. It never clicked. His quality. Um, That's awesome. I need to look up his name. Because he's a fantastic actor. Um, I'll find it. But yeah, he's him. And he's... Um, so good. He's such an awkward character, but uh, yeah, he's, he's a great actor. And I thought he was a perfect casting. So I really enjoyed that one. Again, spot on. Mm. So, I mean, the casting and the, uh, was just a, a perfect one there. Yeah. Oh, wow. There good go. eye. That's the, that's the sort of thing my missus would pick out and be like yeah. oh that's thingy from such and such and I'd be like is it oh, I'm not, yeah I'm not usually that good to be fair but I think he's quite distinctive as an individual and I love Superstore I and mean, we talked about it during Covid yeah Superstore's a phenomenal I watched all those was it six seasons in the end or seven I think it was seven I haven't seen the final season um, it, just, it just never released onto Netflix yes oh it's on there now yeah it's on there well I better hurry go watch, watch it. it then no it's really good it's a bit um, it's bittersweet. Set, it's set sort of during COVID as well. They sort of made yes real life. Yeah, yeah. Into art. Yeah, good stuff. But anyway, there we go. Yep. So the gardens have escaped, uh, and they are followed by Aisha and Adam, who are ordered by their creator, the High Evolutionary. So this is where we find out that these gold people in Volume Two were created by High Evolutionary. Yes. Bit odd. I, I mean, I might have to rewatch Guardians Two, even though I was never mm. like yourself a big fan, but. I don't ever recall a nod to the High Evolutionary with those people. I don't think that... Uh, maybe there was the odd reference. I think they were reporting to someone. But I, I don't recall yeah. it. I'll have to go back and watch it. Anyway, uh, so... Uh, they're followed by Isha and Adam, who are ordered by the creator of the High Evolutionary to retrieve Rocket for his brain. Hmm. So, still after his brain. 
Upon arriving, the team is helped by residents in tracing Thiel to the high evolutionary ship. So they've gone to um, Counter-Earth. They have. Uh, Drax and Mantis remain with Gamora and Rocket as Quill, Groot and Nebula travel to the high evolutionary ship. So this is where we see um, them try to get into the car, Alex. They do. And we theorise that this is possibly the first MCU bomb. We think it is. I can confirm it is officially the first MCU bomb. Oh, brilliant. However, if we count the deleted scenes left behind in the editing room, the MCU had its first F-bomb many, many years ago. Oh, right. That's because Iron Man's director John Favreau had recorded a version of Samuel Jackson, yes. post-credit scene in which Nick Fury introduced <clears throat> himself as a bad mouth spy. Yes. Yes, I did see that on uh, social media Yeah, the other day, because I think John Favreau was... Um, he was on some talk show and he was surprised because he was talking about how he'd done these these cuts. He must have been promoting Mando. And um, and yeah, he'd, he'd said, oh, I don't think anyone's seen it. And they said, oh, no, we've got it here. Mm. And sure enough, uh, yeah, it's it's a very good one. You get the sly grin from Samuel Jackson after he says <laughs> it. He knows what he's doing. I haven't seen it. Oh, it's really good. I'll have to check it out. It's got to be out there. YouTube? It's on YouTube. Let, let, me, um, let me drop a little clip right here. I am Iron Man. You think you're the only superhero in the world? Who the hell are you? I'd like to talk to you about a business opportunity. Who the hell are you? Nick Fury, mother... Too kind. Thank you. Thank you for that. You're welcome. So our listeners get to hear that as well. Uh, Nebula is forced to wait outside by the guards as Quill and Groot board... Drax and Mantis pursue Quill's group. Do you think, right, the the two uh, the two guards? This isn't a pop. Oh, the two guards. I think one was a pig. Yes, I think you're going with this. Go on. They look like the, the two henchmen from the Teenage Mutant Ninja yes. Turtles. Hundred percent. Be Bebop and Rocksteady. Yeah, hundred percent. Look like them. Um, so good. And I, I think that was that's initially what came to mind. It's got to be a nod. I don't see how it's not. It didn't make my notes, but it was just a just a thought as we were talking. Yeah, and no, I, I was thinking while I was watching. I remember you saying, um, "the the warthog looks almost one for one." If you're going to do like a modern mm. day TMNT, which I think they're going to. Have you heard about that? Actually, like, segues in this. Apologies, guys, but you know the the drill now. We we don't stick to the, the script. Um, they're making so that Alex, stretch your thoughts. I'm so excited. <laughs> there is a, I think it's an unofficial, so not so canon until very recently, soon to be, storyline where all of the Ninja Turtles are massacred. One by one, they're picked off. Holy fuck. They're dead. Raphael is the last one standing. And he's called the Ronin. A samurai without a cause or mm. a samurai without a, a purpose. And he he goes after the attackers and avengers the death of his brothers and it's all about how he's dealing with their loss and with the pain and carrying all this burden with him and then making that into a game it's being developed right now it's under the radar but it's going to be that storyline but they're saying and again it's two early days but they're saying that you'll be able to wield all the weaponry of your fallen brothers that's cool because he's kept hold of them and they're like they're, they're, and as you go through and you'll be able to wield you know like I don't know the katanas, bad example, but uh, the bow staff, um, which is Leonardo's. Yeah, I probably got it wrong. Been a while. Um, 
it will unlock like the, the background and that part of that story is a flashback and you'll be able to then use all of those those weapons almost like a God of War type yeah. game that's awesome it sounds what an idea bloody brilliant so I'm really looking forward to it um, Bebop like Rocksteady yeah. 100% uh, the high evolutionary initiates his destruction <clears throat> and planned recreation of counter earth which kills all life on the planet including Aisha quite savagely because actually it's not the planet that blows up it's the people yeah I mean these are literally animals that look like humans yep is that it again yeah it's quite horrific it is because just suddenly that all these poor people are just puff mm. exploding so as his ship enters orbit Quill and Groot leap off and kill Thil retrieving the code from him it's quite brutal oh it's because great it's great because Quill basically spears him off the ship yeah and as they're falling Groot comes in suddenly grows like these like wings yeah just go they, with it they glide in and Thil just hits the floor skims and they just like tear the sort of computer thing off his head it's really cool what a moment that was great uh, Gamora arrives with their ship to rescue them while Nebula Mantis and Drax board the Hive Lustry ship to rescue the now absent Quill and Groot don't they've crossed paths they have crossed dreams uh, it was quite fun actually watching Gamora trying to pilot the ship because she is bouncing yeah. all around all over the place uh-huh. but I think that's quite that is it is clever writing and not a lot of films just assume at that point and they, they get away with it to go oh well they're based in space so they automatically know how to fly a spaceship even though they've never done it let's talk about Quantumania for a moment Go on. So I rewatched this at the week on my behalf, mm-hmm. and um, Hank, you know, they go into yeah, that yeah, ship, yeah. and he just puts his hands in puts the his socks. hands in the gel, and that's yeah. it. He knows how to drive it, uh, just like that. I know. Whereas it's been more thought about by James Gunn. I think so. Is is a Gamora from 2014 really going to to fly a spaceship in 2023? I mean, this is some nine years later. Tech's evolved. Exactly, and even then, she still wouldn't necessarily have that experience because she was never the pilot. She was always sat back with Quill. Mm. So, I think that's at least my memory serves me probably most incorrectly. But why would she have knowledge? You, and a lot of lazy writing just goes, they're spacefaring, they know how to traverse space in a spaceship. All spaceships work the same. Yeah. They don't. No. And I think that's, and I, I never really thought of it that way, Dan, but I guess that's really good script work and direction I mean same with Nebula when she tries to get into the car just before all this happens yeah and, he, and this is where Quill says get in the fucking car push down on it what push it down I am pushing down on it push the button it looks like you're pushing the keyhole the what there's a button under the handle press that in okay now what open the f- door that is a stupid design and your instructions were very unclear I mean it's brilliant it's great it's genius it's so good uh, as Quill's group attempts to access the code Rocket Flatlines and has a near death experience where he reunites with Lila Teefs and Floor I mean if you want something that's going to grab you by the nuts and I shed a tear yank. yeah it really sort of grabs you you cried for a dead otter I did um and I think this is reminiscent of a number of different scenes throughout more recent MCU. If I think about um, uh, Thor, Love and Thunder, yeah, at the end, 
where Jane's sadly not with us. I mean, everyone's seen Love and Thunder by now, right? At this point. Is it worth seeing that as a question? Uh, I mean, it's a mid-level MCU film. It's a it's a jaunt um, with a misstep with Christian Bale, who's phenomenal, but wildly underutilised. Uh, that's probably my summary of our review. But we, I'll pop into the description below because uh, we've got a roundup of that one as well. Yeah, we do. Um, so there's a scene there where Thor effectively saves the day because um, is it Gore the, the, the god butcher yeah, yeah he's like oh my god this is beautiful and he's like no you're not going to kill like the universe just stand down man you go be with your, your, your sadly your dead child um, and goodbye Jane because mm. I can't save you either um, and then of course there's the um, Thanos and young Gamora scene at the end of Endgame yeah where he's on that plane of existence where they're both dead. Um, I guess you've got Black Widow and you've got Hawkeye who in yeah. that situation. So it, they, they keep on nodding to this <clears throat> scenario where they can still kind of say their final goodbyes on some plane of existence and we just got two animals having a weird kiss. It's very Harry Potter-esque. We know when Harry yes. it. It's very yeah, much like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, where he's talking to Dumbledore. I mean, it's very weird that an old man mm. wants to speak to a young young boy. <laughs> in, 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 yeah, I don't... That still leaves me a little bit uncomfortable. I don't know why. Because yeah. it's, it's, it's not suggestive. I don't think it's suggestive. Perhaps we're just tarnished by modern society, mm. which clearly is in the gutter. Rolf Harris died this week. Moving on. Good. <laughs> yep. Um, sorry, where were we? Uh, yeah, so... Um, yes, a sad moment. You shed a tear. I did too. It was very sad. Lila tells him that his time has not come yet, as Quill uses the code to disable the kill switch and save Rocket's life. Yes. Really cool moment, because as he starts to come round, like, the coding starts to go really quick. But, yeah, it, it's one of those moments that really sort of grabs you. He's like, I'm not going to let him die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, nobody's like, no, you, just, you have to let him go. Is that not but doing of it? Of course. He, uh, he's back to life. It's beautiful. There we go. Uh, Nebula, Mantis and Drax come across hundreds of imprisoned humanoid children on the high evolutionary ship before being captured. Yep. They all look like clones. They do. They mm. could do with a good wash. Indeed. Uh, Quill's group sets out to rescue the three who are placed in a chamber with monstrous obelisks. Mm-hmm. Um similar to the one that appeared in the beginning in volume 2 ah as the opening with the music and the, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mantis befriends the obelisks uh, allowing the group to escape and reunite with Quill's group together overpowering the high evolutionary's army is this the scene where we get um, what's the Brooklyn song Beastie Boys oh uh, yes, I think it yeah. is. Yeah. And it's just a one shot, uh-huh. and the camera keeps panning in, and in moves corridor, across. It's, it's a phenomenal scene. Like very good. And I, I read somewhere that that's, I don't know whether it's true. We'll talk about that. I mentioned at the beginning of the uh, the episode. Apparently, that's the reason why, um, Gun didn't include the helmet. Because Chris Pratt said that he didn't want to be hidden behind a helmet during that scene 
because he said it would have spoilt things, it didn't look right, and actually he wanted to be in it, as opposed to just wearing a helmet and it, it not really picking up his facial features. Um, no Sleep Till Brooklyn, that's the yeah. song. And I don't... I kind of don't disagree with Chris Pratt, but on the other hand, it's kind of his armour, mm. and he would have worn it to go into battle. Don't know. Well, we'll talk about more about that in a minute yeah. because we've uh, got a tweet from James Gunn. Not us personally, but one that I found That'd be in nice. research. Yeah. yeah. James, if you want to be on the episode, just give us a shout. Yeah. Uh, where did we get to? Uh, Craglin and Cosmo arrive on Nowhere, so the floating head. Yes. Uh, and Cosmo creates a telekinetic tunnel connecting Nowhere to the high evolutionary ship to free the captured children. Now, the only thing I'll... I'll say on this part is this is the first time we really see Drax being of use and value when he's not kicking mm. shit out of someone because he inadvertently knows the language of what these children are speaking Yeah, and they're like you don't Drax he's like no I do I just, just had a conversation with him and it's a typical Drax thing like he's just like well no I, I could have told you but I didn't because it didn't come up mm. um, but yeah he's he's actually useful in that situation he's not just there for comic, comic, comedic effect and I really like that how actually that he can add value to that situation without just having to bear his, his knives and kill mm. something see a softer side yeah it's which very we'll, nice we're seeing it in the very end yes a couple of scenes time uh, Rocket discovers imprisoned animals on the ship before being attacked by the high evolutionary and at this point again I thought I mean we've already been invested throughout the film is this where he carks yeah. it uh, he doesn't but the rest of the Guardians come along and they subdue the high evolutionary do you think that's a cop out what leaving him to perish on the ship mm, we'll talk about that in a sec no how they all come and end up helping him or do you think that would that was poetic justice or the right way to kind of end that battle because it's it was it was rocket to finish that fight mm. and yet his friends came in at last minute and did he really need their help? I don't know. Well, I'm in two minds about that. We we think that the high evolution's been left behind to to perish. So they tell us so without tell us. telling us. But I've got a bit here. Yes. Uh, a VFX artist revealed via the direct that Drax was carrying the high evolutionary during the evacuation scene, meaning the Guardians chose to save the main antagonist of the film, which is interesting because we've always said the antagonist always seems to die in these MCU films. Which makes it interesting that actually you could possibly bring the high evolutionary back at a later date. I've got some opinions on that in a sec. James Gunn also wrote, It's the whole combination of Rocket's journey, which you as you mentioned. Yeah. His shift comes in that he doesn't kill him. He goes from being the least empathetic to the most empathetic guardian. Yes. It seems silly and hollow that he'd refuse to kill him and then leave him on an exploding ship. And yes, there is a deleted scene. It's really great, actually, but it messed up the pacing of the end. But you'll see it in the extras eventually. Apparently he's imprisoned on nowhere after all this happens. Sure. What do you think? What do you think of Gunn's reaction? Do you think that would have slowed down the pacing of the end? I think you could bloody well speed it up. Mm. Um, no, I will leave it to, to my overall summary thoughts. I won't talk about it now. Uh, but no, I, I think he could have left I think it could have left something in there. Yeah. Uh, the Guardians rescue the animals and lead them aboard nowhere. 
Quill nearly dies trying to grab his uh, MP3 player, trying to cross <laughs> over, but is saved by Adam in what is like that art painting of uh, the yes. two fingers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who had a change of heart before being saved by Groot. Now, this is interesting. James Gunn's take on the helmet and the rocket boots. Yeah. It's, it, it's in his drawer in nowhere, he's tweeted. It had to get out of there. He had to get out of there fast, as you know. And as for the next question, people ask, the rockets that clip onto his boots are far inferior to the jetpacks rocket has made them, so they're not around at all anymore. It's horseshit. I'm sorry, but the, the helmet especially is part of his attire. You either ha- He's basically gone, this is old tech, so I'm going to do without it. No! You either make yourself something that is more upgraded tech, or you have it. You don't just go, this is old, I'll do without. Mm. You just, you don't do it. It's, it's a it's a life-saving situation. Think how many times in any of the films that he's been in, so that's Infinity War, Endgame, Guardians 1, 2, he has the rocket boots. It gets him out of so many situations. And yet what he just says, oh no, that's so 2012, I won't bother. Yeah. Like, no, that's not, that's not a thing. I mean, after the entire film, up to this point, this is the moment where, you know, he starts to float into space, he's starting to frost over. I thought that blue. was the end. Because we hadn't had anyone die at this point. Well, I, I didn't buy it. And I'll tell you why I didn't buy it. It just didn't feel like it's... This is the only part of the film which didn't quite sort of sit right with me. I thought, well, we've gone through this entire film... I don't quite understand why this is being shoehorned in all because of an MP3 player. Unless it leads somewhere. Because mm. that would have been the perfect opportunity, sorry Chris Pratt, but to kill him off. And then you hand over formally the lead because there is no one else to another member. But instead he's like, no, no, I'm going to go and visit my granddad. Yeah. Which is fine. You could do that and opens the doors to other adventures elsewhere on his own or mixing other you know, franchises fine but I think it would have made better and perhaps that's what's happened Gunn filmed it, probably a scene where he does cark it mm. and it probably didn't resonate well with whatever he was making so he actually changed it up I don't know It didn't. you're right it didn't make sense uh, so in the aftermath Quill leaves the Guardians bestowing the captaincy to Rocket before leaving for Earth to reunite with his grandfather Jason yep. which mentioned Mantis embarks on a journey of self-discovery with the Abelisks and Gamora reunites with the Ravagers and Nebula and Drax remain on nowhere to raise the rescued children. Roll credits. Roll credits. So if you didn't stick around, there are two post-credit scenes. They're quite good, actually. Yeah, I quite liked them. Yeah, quite liked them they're both, worth sticking around. Uh, in the mid-credit scenes, the new Guardians consisting of Rocket, Groot, Cosmo, Kraglin, Adam... Feeler, one of the rescue children, and Adam's pet Blurp, Blurp, take on a new mission. Yep, they're saving some planet's inhabitants, and there's an army of hungry-looking space dogs running towards them, mm. and they're about to jump into action. In their uniforms. In their brand new uniforms. Very good. Uh, roll scene, roll credits, even roll scene. Shut up, Dan. In a post-credit scene, Peter is having breakfast with his grandfather, talking about mowing the lawn. The scene closes with the title stating, "The legendary Star Lord will return." Indeed, 
What do you reckon? Film? Series? A bit of cameo. You reckon? Yeah. It's got to be Secret Wars, right? Probably. He's on Earth and they'll all get sucked in. Mm. Um, I think so. I think most of the cast in this film are probably going to be joining the DC universe anyway. I think they have. Uh, and the only person interesting I think who hasn't announced that they don't want to do anymore is Chris Pratt. I haven't read that he's done. What have you? No. Uh, we've got a little bit about the future in a minute, but we're going to talk about the critical response. Yes. Which is quite interesting. Uh, the review aggregator website, our favourite, Rotten Tomatoes, reported an approval rating of 82% based on 333 reviews. Obviously been drinking wine from your mug, Alex. Mm-hmm. Uh, with an average rating of 7.2 out of 10. The site's critics' consensus reads, a galactic group hug that might squeeze a little too tight on the heartstrings. The final Guardians of the Galaxy is a loving last hurrah for the MCU's most ragtag family. I think that's fair. Yeah. It's, well, I mean, it doesn't get much better than that, to be honest. So the Independent found it was the best Marvel movie in years, as did Vox in a mixed review for The Guardian um, Peter Bradshaw stated that Guardians of the Galaxy has reached the threequel stage over long, yes, and finally reaching for an importance or emotional closure. Yep. So, all right, we get some negatives. A negative review from NPR criticised the approach of cruelty to animals in the film, while the New York Times called it a dour, visually off-putting two and a half our American Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. Nightmare of a film that may only be for a completionist fan. And the Chicago Tribune, the most empty, brutal MCU movie yet. I I just don't see it. I think that's the first time I've, I've, I've really disagreed with every one of those comments. Mm. I mean, I'm a pet owner. You heard that at the start of the, the episode. Yeah. It's not the first thing I thought about when I'm watching... Something of fiction. And I, I thought I read that Petter had actually endorsed it, saying actually it was very well thought of and, you know, it wasn't it wasn't a film that was glamorising violence against pets. It was actually saying actually this is bad and this is why it's bad mm. and don't do it, etc. So I, I don't know if that, any of that stacks up. No. I, I, I don't, don't get those negative reviews, but there's always one. Yeah. Or two, you know. I'm see, I seem to get a lot of negative reviews for fed through my phone away. you know when you sort of get the odd ping oh, yeah. and you get like the news flash and they give you an article I seem to get a lot of them at the moment um, particularly Ted Lasso oh Ted this they've missed this they've missed a mark and I don't care get in the sea I enjoy <clears throat> it exactly get in the sea but the audience Dan you got any notes nope 94% boom General consensus with the viewer said taking the team in a darker direction without sacrificing heart or humour, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 ends a trilogy on an entertaining high note. Spot on again? Yeah. Don't disagree. Um, in the main, I think people liked it and the scores didn't reflect it. Um, some facts, Dan? Yes. We love facts. The new guardianship, do you know what it's called? Uh, no, the other one, the previous one was called the Milano, wasn't it? This one's the Bowie. The Bowie. Out to David. Good shout. 
Uh, as Drax contemplates the danger his friends may be on in aboard the high evolutionary ship, he says, I've got a bad feeling about this. Is that he a then, Star Wars reference? It is. He then tricks Mantis into getting to a motorcycle to ride towards Peter Nebula and Groot. So it's when they're on um, the fake Earth. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's Star Wars. Um, they are threaded <clears throat> in and out of the MCU. It is. Especially the arm being chopped off. And as we've talked about. The Farley issues. Uh, James Gunn actually has been credited as being in the film. Has he? He has. Who was he in the film? He's listed in the credits as Lam Shank. You know, the sad creation at the end of the film yeah. that's let out. And I think Mantis is like, oh, you uh, you look great, kind of thing. It's, and he's, uh, his wife's in it. Oh, really? Claire. So Claire's, um, she's like the lead security person in the security office of the gross... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. And she gets shot in the leg, I think. Yes. <clears throat> that's his wife. The one that... Um... Quill's trying to. Um, no, no, that's a security guard. No, this is oh. the, the 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 lady who's controlling the whole thing oh, on see, board yeah. the space station. Um, yes, so those are some interesting interesting facts there. If anyone's missed it, Sean Gunn plays Rocket. Yes, he's um, been CGI, isn't he? Yeah, so he sort of hunches down and does all the movement stuff. Multi talented. Yes, definitely. Also in Gilmore Girls. Do you remember the Gilmore Girls? I never watched it. Excuse me? Yeah. You've never seen the Gilmore Girls? Give me a synopsis of what that thing's about. Uh, a mum and daughter. Basically like sisters. It's brilliant. Okay. This is, uh, I mean, this is sort of like mid-naughty stuff. I yeah. mean, I used, to, I used to watch it when I was bored. Okay. It's quite good. It's got a cold I mean, you're selling it to me, so um, I'm out to go. <laughs> um, Favourite bits, Dan? Have you got those written down? Have you got any? I don't, but I mean, we can talk about them. It's quite fresh. I've got favourite bits and not so favourite bits as per what we usually do. Um, I now once again care about the Guardians, Dan. What's that, sorry? I now care about them. You care about them? They drew, they drew you in? Uh-huh. Um, I think at the end of Volume 2, I didn't think it really did anyone any favours. No one came out of that, progressed any further, I think. No. Um, so for me... I wasn't looking forward to it. I saw the film, and actually, I want more. It that's the perfect way to end yeah. the trilogy, right? Because otherwise, I make another one, and it's lacklustre and it's boring again. And I'm like, well, why'd you bother? I mean, you can do anything now with the Guardians. I think if you look at the comics, they've had so many different lineups. I mean, yeah. they had one recently where I had like Cosmic Ghost Rider and Nova will come up somewhere. Oh so yeah, that'll probably start. Um, they're probably featuring Nova in some way or form fashion. Um, I think for me this showed that actually a post endgame film can work yeah uh, with lower but still not insignificant high stakes so High Evolutionary is a badass motherfucker yeah he's horrible and purely he is a malevolent overseer he thinks of himself as a god and throws away life on a whim on an experiment mm. um and I think that's quite an interesting character. And he pulled it off. The acting was phenomenal. I won't get you yeah. to repeat the, the, the guy's name because we'll get cancelled. But he, <laughs> yeah, he was brilliant. He, he delivered that character so well, believable. Again, someone, and the writing was great because you actually believe in why he's doing it. Mm. Another believable baddie. 
and it is a consistency I just think this one was so well delivered in spite of the fact we've we've had a Thanos level threat and people have gone everything that comes after him is a bit meh yeah. you're never going to be like Thanos you're never going to be like Thanos but I think this guy was genuinely really really good very creepy in his calm demeanour yeah like creepy creepy like and that's because he believed in what he what he was doing and had no doubts and was very quick to to say no no let's 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 finish this and when he was angry I mean we've talked about this with Kang in Quantumania I think again Jonathan Majors like really sort of carried that film in my opinion whether he'll be able to carry the rest of Phase 5 is a different thing we will see we shall but hey whatever from my perspective whatever is the right result for the outcome of that yeah. that issue if he's done some bad stuff he deserves to, to be in the gutter if he hasn't well then we'll leave out to I mean we could argue the case for Robert Downey Jr he has had a checkered past yeah. got a second chance and basically you know the MCU might not necessarily be here if it wasn't for him and John Favreau I, I don't think it would have been yeah. but we've talked about this in casting decisions god when was that two three years ago you've got the Rain Man memory I haven't so I know it was weekly roundup days. I couldn't tell you. I'm sure it was 2020. You're letting the slide down. Expect to tell me the date and the time and, <laughs> and the run time of the episode. Um, I really liked Counter Earth. Yeah, almost like a utopia. But it was fascinating because I think it was a great way to explore Quill returning somewhere familiar, mm. but still had the high stakes. You couldn't have him going to Earth because Earth has been through an awful lot the last what. 20 years every couple of years something big comes and fucks it up yeah if it's not for big weird space faces at the top of London grabbing you know strange robot people mm. from you know a hill in London which is a beautiful hill um, and taking them away or weird robots sticking out of the earth and getting frozen which apparently is being addressed maybe with the X-Men or something uh, I, th- I mean, the, the, the theory is it's supposed to appear in um, Thunderbolts. Thunderbolts. Yeah, that's, the that's, that's the rumour, but yeah. it's unconfirmed at the moment. They've got to do something. I only got addressed once since that happened in the Eternals, and that was She Hulk, and that was it. So yeah, that's a newspaper or something, or something yeah. or a news report. Other than that, no <clears> other references. Nada. Bizarre. Um, but no, I really like the fact of actually you ticked off the familiarity with, um, with Star Lord. Um, but it ended up exploding. You just couldn't have that on obviously real Earth because real yeah. Earth's got too many protectors. So it was all the high stakes, but actually none of the the real threat. Because do we care about this counter Earth? No, but no. The, the other thing that I found fascinating is when they go into one of the homes and you can see all the yeah, family yeah, yeah. pictures and stuff around. It looks like just a normal home, but of it course it's got like the animals. It's genuinely quite fascinating. Yeah, quite jarring as well. I loved it. So it was really really fascinating. Um, Rocket's backstory it's been teased over the last what 10 years Um, as he interspersed those backstories and his relationship with um, what's her name Lila Lila Um, I thought it was great Um, and I don't think it was jammed in there you could have easily gone go care about him care about him can't kill him now no no they, they actually spent the time to explain and actually, if you look back then at Guardians 1, you can kind of see why Rocket behaves the way he does. Yeah. You know, I think in the th- second act, at the end of the second act, before they go into the, the final part of the, the, of the film, 
and they're in they all have that fallout in the club yeah in nowhere. him and Drax and you can see why you can see why He's, he doesn't I like being I think he says to something like he called me vermin yeah but and actually he, you and you can you can just see that playing out then and say well I understand that you know, you weren't a dick. Not that I thought he was a dick then, but he's not a dick. He was abused as as mm. as a, a young animal, as a young thing. Um, went through all that pain and that distress, and then seeing his friends die before him. There's a very human element to it. Hundred percent. Which is quite beautiful. Mm. How they pulled it off was was fantastic. Getting you to be bought into that character, yes. Yeah, uh, and I mentioned about Gamora. I think she, for me, she actually nearly stole the show. Do you think? Yeah. No, not Gamora. Nebula. Um, Nebula. Oh, yeah, easily. Um, Gamora, I thought, was... um, Just felt like a bit part in this. Yeah, she took a back seat. I mean, given that this whole thing we thought was building up to Quill trying to find her, and actually it turns out they'd already kind of tried to reconnect. And And I get it. It didn't go anywhere. Just because a version of her fell in love with Quill doesn't mean to say this one would. And I think, again, that's clever writing, because it'd be very lazy to go... Oh well, they they had something and they found it again. Yeah. yeah. No, actually, that's that's not not how it works. Apparently. Nope. And I, I guess it isn't in real life. Maybe I mean, hopefully, never come across that situation. But I yeah. mean, you've got this Gamora that hasn't lived an extra. I mean, when did the snapping happen? Twenty twenty three. The snapping happening. The snapping happening. Yeah. Or the yeah. So, of course, the ne- the, the Gamora that we knew died for the Soul Stone. Yes. So she's had all that time to progress and build as a character. And grow. Actually, this one she's come out in 2014. Why? Why? Before why she why met could them, she be any different? She wouldn't. She's she not just going to fall in love with Peter Quill, is she? No, she she was the right hand woman, mm. and she still she didn't believe in the cause, but she also still wasn't goody two shoes. No, um, I didn't really care about her sister. So I know Nebula, I thought was phenomenal. I like the way they grunt at each other as well. Yeah. So, mm. Shall we start greeting us, greeting each other like that? We could do. I'm not sure how our relationship would fare, but we'll <laughs> give it a go. Um, <clears throat> as an experiment. But no, I, I thought to see her again from uh, the earlier Guardians period where she was there begrudgingly, she was the baddie, mm. and then she kind of was there but only because she had to be because she didn't have anywhere else to go to now where she is at the beginning of the film carrying effectively the whole family either figuratively yeah. or literally and she's she's the glue they all don't really they all are together but I kind of get the sense that they kind of don't know why they're, they're, they're together anymore No, because they have all lost so much but she's there going no no I think we need this and I need this and then for her to continue throughout the rest of the film and she's earned that place at the table I think the real turning point for her was in volume 2 I know we've both said you know, it's a film that we're not particularly keen on but it's where she's so angry at Gamora it's almost like this weight lifts off her shoulder when she says yeah, to Gamora yeah. I just wanted you to be a sister you know she's been tortured pulled apart put back together by Thanos and Actually, she never had that love or care that no. she probably wanted from her sister. But. That, that was a, a touching moment. And I think you're right, that was a turning point. Um, but no, I think to where we end up with her then taking on that <clears throat> that motherly role on Nowhere, um, it's phenomenal. Yeah. 
Uh, no, so so good writing, uh, as opposed to my grammar, which is poor. Very good writing. Um, not so good bits, Dan. I wanted more from one of the most powerful beings in the universe. The high evolutionary. Adam. Oh, Adam, yeah. yeah, yeah. He can go toe-to-toe with most of the MCU and still win. Yeah, hands down. And yet he spends probably, what, most of the film flying around space. Yeah. Underutilised. I mean, we'll probably see more of Will Poulter in the future, no doubt. Uh But just, again, just a bit of a bit part, I think... Definitely. It was like, here's Adam Warlock, we're just going to weave him in and out with the main antagonist. I can can see why, because actually if you keep on winning him out, they're never going to win. No. You can see that in the opening scenes of the film. But conversely, he had all that power at the opening of the film. To what effect? I don't know. Yeah. And I don't think I cared enough about his development at the end of the film to care enough about him. Yes, he his mother passed away horribly in front of his eyes he couldn't save her um, he understood that he was made to be a weapon and didn't want to be and he found his independence brilliant don't care mm. don't care enough didn't do enough to yeah make <clears throat> make, make us care um, so it'd be interesting to see where they take him from there and then you mentioned it about 20 minutes ago down the whole kind of high evolutionary not dying mm. and I think they let Rocket down or they let Drax down by not showing it Yeah, because everyone's come out there going okay so Rocket basically won by technicality he, he didn't die at his hands but he also didn't help off the ship No, nope. but he did and that leaves then the question of, well, you're never going to be able to... He might as well be dead, because you're never going to be able to use that character again unless James Gunn closes the loop and somewhere or some fashion they do a flashback to show that he's carried off the ship. Mm. Because by saying... By not saying he was saved, by definition, he is dead, well, you're never going to be able to use him again in any other film. And this guy is far too intelligent to be locked up. Believe too much about what he needs to do to build this utopia to stop doing it you can't tell me he's going to be locked in nowhere forever he's too powerful you know he was pushing people up against the wall with some kind of force some telekinesis yeah so so where do you go from there you let Mm. you let all those characters down who actually saved him completed that whole kind of empathy thing you're talking about which is 100% and they really emphasised the whole second chance thing at the end yeah with Groot Adam Warlock I think it was something around Groot saying you know second chances for, for Adam Warlock but for what? Mm. and I think that's 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 the one thing I think they really screwed up in the writing and maybe it was the cutting room floor where we will eventually see some version well, you mentioned about it anyway but it it didn't make any sense and at the end where you've got no fucking rocket boots <laughs> and no mask the I'm convinced the only reason why he doesn't have it is because of that final scene. Yeah. But then that final scene still doesn't make sense, Dan. You're right. Why Why was he in that situation? And surely he should have died if he was in that situation. Yeah. He didn't need it. There was no need to have that peril at the end. For what cause? Apart from saying that Adam ended up on nowhere. Mm. That's really the only benefit to that scene. 
it was the only th- I, again this is one of the only scenes where I didn't feel like I was investing it I remember sort of going really yeah uh, okay because they hadn't done enough to because usually you get an inkling when something bad's going to happen for that character they sort of they will draw it out throughout the film and we didn't really get that you can see it usually coming a mile off and I, I don't I don't think we've been pampered over the years I think we can take a left field well, we did with Rocket mm. in the beginning of the film so I, I don't think we we have had some kind of lazy writing I just I think the whole way that it would have only worked is if he didn't have his tech with him yeah I just don't fucking buy it that it's in the drawer or it's old tech he doesn't want to be seen with it that is horseshit so um I didn't. I didn't like that. I thought it was odd, and I think it, that bit was particularly lazy, just for a mm. scene that still didn't make any sense. No. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, my gripes with this film are significantly less than most, if not the last volume. I say it's just that final sequence. I think was just my bugaboo, if okay. I'm honest. But um, otherwise, I think it was an absolute triumph. It oh, was, was so phenomenal. Good. So so good. Brilliant film. Oh shit, sandwich actually. Another favourite moment is where Groot says, I love you guys. And of course, it's not that. I look, I'm not sure if you, we talked about this afterwards. I looked yeah, at did. you. I looked at you. I was like, <gasps> he said it. He said it. But this isn't him saying those words. He hasn't learnt English. This though. is just us now understanding. We're part of the family. His language, yeah. It's, it's brilliant. Again, it's smart. phenomenal, <clears throat> smart writing again from Peter from uh, James Gunn because we've gone through that whole journey with them and it's only then are we now fully part of that family and now understand group arguably I mean we've been through a lot with that character Mm. widely now but hey um, it was a smart way to end that that franchise as it currently stands yeah just thought I'd put I'd put another positive in there just to uh, you know I love it off nicely I love a shit sandwich sandwich. so a little bit on the future yeah uh, Gunn said in April 2017 that a fourth Guardians film could happen, though it would likely centre on a new group of characters since Gunn planned to conclude the story of the team of the previous films in Volume 3. Yeah. Understandable. So in July 21, um, Karen Gillan expressed her desire to continue playing Nebula after Volume 3. So she's, okay. she could be back. I'll be up for more Nebula. No, no, I agree. After, you know, the, the positives we've got out of our story arc. Yeah. Uh, April 23, uh, Zoe Saldana confirmed that Volume 3 would be the last time she portrays Gamora, but hoped Marvel would recast the role within the next generation of actors able to incarnate those characters because she wishes for the character to stay. Okay. What do you think? I mean, you could get away with it if, with the makeup and stuff. Perhaps. But do we care enough now? Mm. She, she still died in... Infinity War the the Gamora that we loved and knew and so this one seems a bit more aloof is there anything to gain from resetting I don't know no not too sure and then of course finally the following month Pratt indicated his willingness to continue to play Peter Quill in the future if the right script came along but of course we know he is coming back yes but we're theorising that perhaps it's just going to be Secret Wars it's got to be yeah. But I think they can have a different lineup of Guardians, and I think probably Feige's rubbing his hands at, again, a near billion dollar outing. Yeah. Um, and with all the marketing and the franchise and the toys and then the streaming. And I don't know how Disney attributes 
streaming subscriptions to a film they must do some fancy number crunching yeah. but I reckon easily it'll surpass the billion mark in terms of a, a film outing I would be hugely surprised if he doesn't decide in you know phase 7, 8 or 9 whatever it ends up being and there'll be a new Guardians I think it's Nova good. it's going to be Nova and it's going to be maybe a couple mm. of familiar faces I think it will all reboot after Secret Wars anyway yeah I agree um, I think we've talked about this theory before um, Secret Wars 2015 if you read the comics um, an incursion happens and then it just sort of resets the Marvel Universe it's going to happen because yeah. you know I think Feige would be stupid not to bring back someone different for Captain America or Tony Stark I think those storylines I mean they would have been absent then for about 15 years maybe yeah it's time to to revisit yeah. we haven't had enough of those characters that rounds up our part brilliant on to the listener right first up we've got Gary so only a couple of comments to this Gary week. Uh, excellent end to the MCU's best trilogy enjoyed this more than volume whoa, 2 whoa 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 Gary that's some strong words straight out the bat is that the best trilogy mm. Gary reckons it is I don't know Iron Man I didn't enjoy I, well, I do know Guardians of the Galaxy isn't the best trilogy Gary because there's volume 2 which was gash but if it's not Guardians what is it Dan uh, I mean you could say Captain America but I wouldn't say I was going to say Cap Cap 1's great Winter Soldier's Winter phenomenal Winter Soldier's phenomenal I mean it's God tier it's 100% Civil War isn't bad it's more of an Avengers correct 2.5 yeah yeah. Iron Man 1 brilliant Iron Man 2 I loved it people don't yeah, Iron agreed. Man 3 not so good so yeah. it can't be that one I think that's it isn't it for Trinity oh Thor yeah. I mean the first one yeah, it's, it's all right. good second one absolute dog shit yeah Ragnarok's brilliant and then of course well, you've got Love and Thunder it's not Trinity is it no Quad- Quadrilogy Quadrilogy is that a thing it is now it is on the pod. Are there any others? No, I literally think that's it. What about Avengers films? Avengers 1, Age of Ultron. Infinity War. Endgame. Yeah, it's a quadrilogy. Another quadrilogy. I go Cap. You go Cap. Personally. I can't I can't say it's this. I'm not calling you that Gary. It's just I think it's an interesting question. Um mm. But Gary Clee thinks it is. This is a debate on social media, actually. Oh, is it? Captain America or Guardians? Well, I think we know where I stand. Yeah, I think I'd side with Gar- um, Cap, but Guardians does come in at a very close. They're not second. by all the way, Gary. Look, I don't. I we like opinions. Yeah. So I think actually you've you've posed a very good point inadvertently. Um, I want to ponder. Yeah, Spider Man, Homecoming, Far From Home, No Way, no way Home. Oh, yeah. Now is it Spider Man, or is it Cap? Because I mean, No Way Home was freaking amazing. Yeah, There's three Spider Men bouncing around your screen. He's wearing a Spider Man costume in his picture as well. Gary might have had a bit of a misstep there. Mm. Gary, can you get in contact with us and let us know whether you changed your mind because you might have forgotten Spider Man? Maybe not. Maybe you're going. No, no, I know it. I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Let us know, Gary. 
Uh, and guys, let us know if uh, if you have any other thoughts on that particular debate. Yeah. But thank you still for um, for for posing that point. But that wasn't your main point, actually, was it? No, we've no. sidestepped a little bit. Sorry, I loved Gary. it. I loved it. Uh, enjoyed this more than Volume Two, but not quite as much as the first film. Okay, an, emo- an emotional roller coaster where you're laughing and crying in equal measure. Yeah, good. Don't yeah. disagree with that at all. Uh, we've got Aaron. He said, "Guns Galaxy Three is fucking incredible. James Gunn has made a masterpiece." Fucking fantastic. Amaze boobs. Epic. Yeah. Can we start using that? Amaze boobs? Uh, it's not going to be my catchphrase. Uh, it doesn't really fit. fit well, us, well, it? well, it's not on brand. When, when you've you created such things as a ding dang delight <laughs> uh, or shooty shooty. Shooty shooty bang bang. Bang bang. Um, I, I, I think that's a step down. Time relevant, delicious podcast. Yeah. But no. Um, Great comments, and thank you guys for getting in contact. And again, we are still interested for any other views and opinions. So if you've yet mm. to go and see it, I think we're going to be separately probably seeing it again in cinemas. Yeah. Um, we really enjoyed it. Let us know if you're going for the first time, if you've got any other thoughts or reflections. As I say, Gary, get in contact and let us know what your thoughts are on Spidey. Yeah, be interested. I might yeah. reach out to him, Blake. And if it isn't, why isn't it? Yeah. Um, it's a good point. Yeah. But that is the end of that episode. I uh, really enjoyed it. I love a good film review. Um, oh, yes. If you're still here and you missed the buzzer and the klaxon, you're thinking, guys, just bought it for me. That's on you. You had the klaxon. Yeah. And that's it. As always. Uh, even in Bigs being the episode description saying, you know, it's spoilerific. Mm. So um, no one to blame but yourself. But um, that's uh, that's that episode wrapped up. What have we got next? I think we were going to do something left field, weren't we? Cryptids. Uh, let's have a look. Let's have a look at the list, Alex. Do you know what a cryptid is? No. Ah, that's why you looked at me with um, uh, dead eyes. Um, a cryptid is, um, I guess, strange mythical creatures. Oh. Chupacabra, okay. the Mothman, um, a bonable snowman. We've saw those of- things kind of looked at these things we, we have in terms of uh, folklore conspiracy or conspiracy theories, theories. Uh, but these are specifically to do with animals and strange animals mm. actually there's quite a few that we haven't actually touched so maybe cryptids is one of them yeah I think that might be a good one to dive into uh, the black knight another yes. left field one that is an interesting concept um, that is a little bit tinfoil hatty but um, there's some compelling evidence so if you don't know about the Black Knight, um, give it a cursory uh, mm. Google because it is fascinating stuff. We need to do our annual What Grind Your Gears. I've got a lot of things grinding my gears at the moment. <clears throat> I'm sure there'll be a lot that upsets me on my uh, my holidays travelling. Certainly no e-scooters this year. No, have you noticed being a decline in e-scooters on the road? Yeah. Have you noticed them? Yeah, <clears throat> I certainly have noticed because they're not pissing me off. Yeah. I wonder why that is. Guys, if you own an e-scooter... And you no longer ride it. Can you let us know why? Because I, I can understand roads were quieter during COVID. That's when it went nuts, didn't it? Mm. But actually, there's there's still quite a few kind of e-scooter points around Portsmouth, at least anyway. Yeah. I wonder why they have reduced. Because you don't see a lot of them anymore. Like they used to, you used to have to dive out of the way into the road, into oncoming traffic from the pavement because someone would be riding their private scooter. Yeah. Now you don't see them. No. You, you can't tell me that the police are cracking down because they're even doing the jobs they're supposed to because there's not that many of them. Nah. 
Let us know, guys. Yeah. Grimes are gears. Anything else? I mean, we've, so we've got a we've got whole loads. entire list. Maybe we'll put something out on social media and see what people Get some vote votes for. In. Yeah. It's a good show. Well, we do still need to do a film review of John Wick 4, but I think we've missed the boat on that one at the cinema. Maybe when it's out on DVD. Go round to one of our houses, get some beers in. Yeah. Maybe we could do like a, a pub cast, but a live as it's happening. That'd be good. Yeah. We should do that. Do it. Uh, I know we've visited movie plot holes recently. Maybe we should do one on TV plot holes. Why not? Um, my other half made a good point the other day. We were watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer. We had a nice little binge Brilliant. on Disney Plus, so you can get it on there. Anthony Head. Anthony Head? Yeah. Oh, it's a great actor. He's in Ted Lasso as well. Is he? He owns West Ham. Oh. Very good. Yeah, very good actor. So she made a good point. Play first time. So, you know vampires? Not personally. They or do well. I? Or do I, Dan? Or do you? Yeah. Or are you one? Mm. But yeah, so when they're me sucking when when they're doing it, if they've got no pulse, right? Here we go. Are they getting an erection? You're you just lowered the tone. I thought we we managed to build it back up, but now we're talking about boners. It's, it's the what? <laughs> but is it fair? Is it? It was always going to take a left field in this 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 podcast. Um, sorry, mum and dad, if you listening. Um, it's a it's a fair point though. Yeah, yeah. it is biology. How do you do? do we you? need to dive in. I think TV plot holes needs to happen sometime like this summer. It. I don't like that. I like to cut. anyway. You yes, don't really, you don't. You don't like. <laughs> Just leave it there. I think there's something in that episode. Let's... We just won't talk about vampires and boners. I think we're going to have to. That's that's ultimately <laughs> where this this path is leading us down a very dark route. Yeah. Um. But fine. Yes. Let's do loopholes in. TV shows uh, if you want to get in contact we're on Facebook Twitter Instagram and TikTok at on the topic pod uh, we've got email I'm trying not to laugh on the topic podcast to keep together gmail.com and Alex we've got WordPress and YouTube we're actually catching up on YouTube yeah we're nearly there a couple of weeks we're going to be up to date yeah WordPress I say we've got some bonus content on there we've got some images from our chat GPT um, and the uh, the dark internet theory or the dead internet theory sorry yeah, good uh, so there's some stuff on there there's um, some post birthday shenanigans with crisps uh, on there as well go take a look go subscribe uh, to our newsletter it's um, ontopicpodcast.wordpress.com and we've got all of our back catalogue from the very first uh, weekly roundup days to today so go give it a look go give it a read and go give it some love and yeah YouTube go subscribe hit that notification bell and when a new episode is live all the way up to when we um, release in real time it'll be on there be absolutely no excuse now not to be up to date with your lovely latest podcast delight which is on topic absolutely if it's not it's okay but you should still love us anyway please that rounds it up it does what a week I mean I don't know how I'm rounding this one up yet I better let you uh, close it oh. <laughs> I need some inspiration I'm uh, I'm fumbling with the, the door handle I'm Alex and I am petting some ob- obelisks obelisks what are they called uh, obelisks obelisks yeah uh, befriending those I've been Dan and uh, we'll see you next time 